Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. But, but in 2016, when I had this moment when my son was six years old and I realized I was failing as a dad, if I'm being honest, I, I got 30 of my friends together and said, we're going to spend three days. And the only rule is you're not allowed to talk about your business. Only family, parenting or marriage. That's it. And it was hard at first because we hadn't strengthened that muscle. We didn't even know where to begin. We're like, uh, what do we talk about here? How vulnerable do we want to be? You know, at, at the end of the three days, we all just looked at each other and said, we need more of this. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one. People who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. And boy, do we have a special guest, repeat guest, actually. My main man, my brother from another mother, John Roman is in the house. What's up, John? Dude, let's uh, let's talk about some interesting shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should we start on um, mushrooms and journeys or just go straight to being parents? Yeah, I mean, is maybe it's one and the same, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you mind if I do a little bit of housekeeping? We'll get started here. Yeah, let's go. So, guys, um, those of you that are new to the show, the, the greatness machine, we're really about two things. People are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world. And John is neither short of passion or greatness, he's doing some amazing things with front row dads, as well as other things in his life. For those of you who have, have listened to the last show, you're gonna you'll be like, oh God, Darius got John back. Uh, for those of you that didn't, you, it, it's I would never stop anyone from listening to any of our past shows. But I was telling John before the show, I said, you know, the show's grown a lot since he and I first did the show almost two years ago, and I was thinking, you know, like there's a lot of listeners who who haven't listened to the old shows, and you know, they're probably not going to. So I'm just gonna bring back the people who I think are fucking rock stars. And we're just going to hang out and and really bring the work that you're doing to the world so that you, we can teach a whole new group of entrepreneurs and business people and listeners, uh, which is really what comprises of most of our listeners, about the work you're doing, how this can support them. So, uh, so man, I'm so proud to have you back on the show. How are you doing, bro? Uh, right now, I feel energized. I've been getting a good, good sleep the last couple of nights, but I've been focused on that. I've been meditating before. I'm uh, I'm dozing off. Um, so trying to get rest situated in my life because going is never a problem. I know you understand that. I know that we align on that. Slowing down has been my my greatest work recently, and so that's a positive, man. I'm feeling rested today and excited. Oh, I love hearing that. I want to talk about that once we once we get started here. But I want to give some background. So for listeners that don't know, so John and I met two years ago, actually about almost two years ago to the month. Uh, it was like summer of 2020 depths of the uh covid pandemic and um and amber vilhauer and uh isaac stegman uh who are friends of ours co-friends of ours introduced us 
And it was a fast friendship. Like immediately we're like, dude, I like you. I like you. And we started going for walks around Austin. We both live in the Austin area. And, um, and I was like, you know, I, I have to say this, like John's, I, I, as many listeners know, I've gone through a pretty big, you know, transition in my life over the last couple of years. And John's been just such a great person to get to know and to really get to lean on and, and really get some insights into how you think about the world as you kind of think about what you do, which is really around businessmen being family men uh, first. And so, uh, so that really kind of drew me to John and we had a really interesting first experience where I kind of told him my backstory and I've, and I've gone down some really interesting roads with that since then. But, but um, yeah, man, you know, you've, you've been a, a person when I think of, you know, I moved to Austin five years ago. And when I think of people who I've really connected with on, in a more visceral way, I, I, you're on the top of that list, man. So it's been really cool to get to know you. It was easy to just slide into some deep conversation. You know, you just felt, I think there's an element of feeling safe with somebody like, oh, I could probably tell this guy that story. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, he's still going to stay, he's still going to finish the walk with me. And I think that's uh, how a lot of relationships work in life. It's, it's, I, I think if you have psychological safety, if your kids feel safe with you, if your spouse feels safe with you, I know that I've felt the opposite of that with people where I didn't feel safe. And that was what severed the relationship. But if you can feel accepted by somebody, seen by somebody, and still loved by somebody, then I, you have the, the workings of an amazing friendship. Yeah, man, and 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 you you couldn't have said it any better than that. That 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 is definitely that you definitely you definitely have a uh, you know for whatever reason I think we both kind of have that. We we were pretty both pretty good at making people feel safe. You know. Yeah. Um, so, so, you, so I, I'm really grateful to to get to to have gotten to get to know you and to continue to get to know you, but. Uh, for the listeners that don't know, I'm going to give John's formal formal bio. So John is you're an interesting cat, man. He is the CEO and founder of Front Row Dads, and Front Row Dads is, is a mastermind and, and group of of basically businessmen that are family men first, and and it's all about winning at home, not just at work. They've grown uh, over the last five years to include over 270 dads that are currently in the program or in the mastermind and in the group uh, from 15 different countries from all over the world, and these are men who are choosing to put family first as they grow their businesses. And I've gotten the honor of getting to support that group and, and really getting to meet the members. And, and, and we're going to be diving deep on, on what that looks like and, and what the work you're currently doing, because I do think that you're, you're one of the few groups I, I consistently promote. And what's funny about it, and this is unfortunately just through like me being disciplined about not adding, going into another group. I, I'm always hanging out with front row dads, but I'm not even in front row dads and I always promote front row dads. So the, the answer there is I got to join so I can do it in earnest because <laughs> promoting a fucking group you're not in is people are like, why aren't you in it? I'm like, dude, I'm in too many groups already. God damn it. I'm being disciplined. But yeah, man, you, you're, you're doing some awesome, awesome, awesome work with front row dads, man. So I'd love, I'd love for you to like, just kind of take us back a little bit. And for people that don't know you, like t- tell us a little about your story about how did you get down into this cause right now of building this group of front row dads and, and trying to, to really change the, the narrative around what a dad is. Yeah. Well, to the benefit of your listeners, I, every time I tell the story, I try to tell it with fewer words. So, um, here we go. This is my newest attempt. I think the the real part of the story begins with, if, if I go back to the very beginning of if, speaking dad life here, uh, I'm, I'm getting married and I'm having my first child. And that year I left a very high paying executive position to try to become a speaker and a coach and to run our charity that I had started called Front Row Foundation. So the story really begins around 2007 or so in this in this area, 2007. And what happened that year was I spent a ton of money and didn't gain, didn't make any progress. Entrepreneurship was much harder than I expected. Learning to be a speaker and a coach was harder than expected. Uh, and I found myself having my house foreclosed on, running out of cash quickly. It was, it was a very tough situation. I then actually gained traction in business, won some speaking awards, and then within a couple of years was a very high paid speaker. The challenge was that uh, I had developed now this new habit and routine around making money. And I was so terrified of not having money. And the plane had just taken off. So I kept saying yes to every opportunity. I mean, to the point where I was doing 50 paid presentations a year on the road, 150 days, making a ton of money. 
But my son was six years old and I had written a book and I was giving speeches around the topic of being a moment maker. This was the theme. And my wife said something to me that stopped me in my tracks, was a total gut check. And this was the, the, the beginning. This was the genesis for change. She said, it feels like you're more of a moment maker for the rest of the world than you are for your family. And one of my friends said something that I felt was profound right around that same moment. He said, it's important to first be famous at home. Wow. And when I started taking a look at my life, I started recognizing the patterns that were emerging. Like I would be at an event and somebody would say, what do you do? And I would immediately launch into speaking or coaching or the charity. And I wanted to say, I'm a, I'm a dad and a husband, and then I do some other stuff. But that's not how I was living. And my calendar would show that I, what I really cared about was getting through another epic quarter, you know, another epic year in business. And I was gaining a lot of uh, approval and security and control through those, those avenues. But, but in 2016, when I had this moment when my son was six years old and I realized I was failing as a dad, if I'm being honest, I, I got 30 of my friends together and said, we're going to spend three days and the only rule is you're not allowed to talk about your business. Only family, parenting or marriage. That's it. And it was hard at first because we hadn't strengthened that muscle. We didn't even know where to begin. We're like, uh, what do we talk about here? How vulnerable do we want to be? You know, at, at the end of the three days, we all just looked at each other and said, we need more of this. And that's what turned into now 270 members in 15 different countries. And I, I'm benefiting from front row dads like everybody else. I'm in the conversations like everybody else. I just wanted a group of people that I could learn with along the way. And I knew that I wasn't going to like solve a problem. And then everything was going to be great because when you wake up every day, you're different, your wife is different, and your kids are different. So you're in a new battle every single day. And having some a band of brothers to be with you along that journey is important. So that's the short story of how we got to where we are now. Wow. So uh, let me ask you a question. So this is 2016 when you did that that uh, meetup. Yeah. Yep. And, and and from when did you start? Did Front Row Dads start right after that, or was it like a year? That was I called it Front Row Dads. You know, because the whole thing before that was Front Row Foundation, Front Row Factor. Like my whole world was built around living life in the front row. And I thought, oh, front row dad is a dad who steps up and engages. Front row dad's present and in proximity to the kids and to their family. And that's what it was all about. And so starting, did, did you have to go on unwind all this other stuff? Or was it like, yeah, so, like, like how that work? <laughs> well, because I wasn't making any money on front row dads in the very beginning. You know, um, I charged the guys probably enough at that event to just cover my expenses. But after that, I thought... You know, I could help these guys. I can assemble community. That's a skill I've developed over time, right? I can do this. And, but my speaking business was going so well. And I knew it would take a little time to see if Front Road Ads really had traction. So I kind of, I started landing the plane on speaking right away. It was like one year it's 50, the next year it's 40, the next year it's 30, the next year it's 10, and then I'm out. And that's kind of been the progression over those six years. Now I do zero public speaking. And Front Row Dads is my only focus. I even, you know, this, the charity I started back in 2005, Front Row Foundation, still is operating today. But I'm not, I'm no longer on the board, nor am, I, nor am I on the staff of that charity. So it's completely operating outside of me. That, yeah. so that's, that's pretty interesting. So, I mean, we, we never talked about this before. So, I, I, I mean, we've had tons of conversations. So, you, I, I didn't realize that you unwound that over like a half a decade. Yeah. So, I mean, was it like... Oh, okay. Because a lot of people who who are listening, you know, might have something they're passionate about, but want to want to start doing it. But they're like, but I got this other thing I'm doing, which I has to pay. You know, I got to feed the family and pay the bills, and I got to do this other stuff. How did you? I mean, wasn't were you pretty? Were you kind of freaked out by that, or were you just like, oh, if it doesn't work, I'll just keep leaning into like speaking. Both, but both were. Yeah, you know, I have this really high tolerance for risk. I mean, evident of how I left my corporate job with zero income. <clears throat> I just knew that if I spent another day doing work I didn't want to do, I would rather be dead, you know, type of feeling inside. And so that was burn the bridges or burn the boats. You know, it was <laughs> burned. I was not, I might've been burning a couple of bridges, burning the boats. Um, and, and for me, you know, this transition, maybe I had kids at this point and was like, ah, I did that whole jump off the building before. and I don't want to do that again. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, rather than hoping the parachute opened, I was a little more strategic. And so, and so, you know, in launching it, did you feel like it was like product market fit right away? Because what, what like obviously, immediately, yeah, immediately. Then it was just we needed to figure out what we wanted to do. And the other thing, here's the crazy part, Darius, was that as I'm growing front road ads, I'm having all these these moments of internal transformation for myself, recognizing who do I want to be, what do I want to do, and I'm surrounded by these amazing guys who are telling me. When you build Front Row Dads, build a business that you own that doesn't own you. Build a business you love. First, look at your family schedule, then build a business around that. Don't try to grow Front Row Dads and then figure out how to fit your family in like you did before. Do this the right way. And, and that's what I started doing. That's actually how you and I got connected was you, you were teaching these core values. And this was something I'd never built with previous companies. And in Front Row Dads, we were doing things the right way. I was, I was not... From the get-go, I did not want to be the, del- the, the person who delivered the content. I didn't want to be constantly going on I didn't want to be built on the fact that John would show up and do a Facebook Live and deliver parenting advice to the group. I wanted it to be where the men were helping each other to grow in life. And I was just one of the men. And that's how we built the company. So I, I do feel that we did it the right way this time, very intentionally, and through the help of a lot of friends. And so what does that look like outside of the fact that you're not the product, right? Which I think, uh, it, you know, I took the Ryan Levesque about this. And that was one of his big pieces of advice. He's like, Hey, look, if you're going to build something, the community, like make it where you're not the product. I have not succeeded at that, unfortunately, but, um, but, but it's a, and it makes sense, right? Because to your point, you can't design it. If you're the the ringleader and you have to be there and you have to do everything, then, then then it's it's by design, you are creating a, a, I I hate to use this word, but like a wealth prison, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, yeah, you got to show up to make, make things happen or else nothing happens. Right. So that was, a, I think that was a really smart, smart design, but what does that look like for you when you think of like this business, like tactically, what does that look like? How, how often are you guys working? Like what do you, what have you done to say, I'm sure. going to be a family man first and businessman second. Yeah. So the first thing was, and this is great counsel from again, friends of mine who from the get go were helping me build this the right way. First was setting my schedule when I wanted to work and when I didn't want to work. And then all the decisions became easy. It's like, if it doesn't fit into that, the answer is no. (laughs) So I don't schedule anything on Mondays. I don't schedule anything on Fridays. And I only schedule calls Tuesday through Thursday between 10 and four. Now, I can never say that's a hundred percent of the time, but I would say it's ninety-eight percent true in my life. That that what I just shared with you is ninety-eight percent true. There's always going to be some exception. Somebody would bust me if they looked at my calendar. They go, "Ah, there's an appointment on a Monday," you know. But it's like, yes, there's probably times when I've failed and broken my own rule. But that's been the core. This skeleton in the structure has been that. Uh, when it comes. When it comes to the business side of things and like how we're operating, whenever we would decide on a new program, again, it was, hey, John, can you run that? Can you do that? I'm like, if, if it has to be me, we're not going to do it. So all the programs we built, like we have a program called the Summit Series. It's every eight weeks. We run this online event. It's really great. It's a hundred guys, all online, four hours, deep dive, immersive experience. That entire thing is designed and facilitated by a guy named Steve Burchard. He literally does everything. Him and his team, they design the manual, the handouts, the agenda. He runs the entire thing from top to bottom. I wasn't even on you know, a couple of the summits this year. I didn't even attend. I was just doing other things. And I love what he's up to and I love what they're doing. But that it's just so beautiful to see things operating outside of where I needed to be there, or, or even I need to cast a vote, just putting, you know, I, I learned about A players. That was the other piece was like surrounding yourself with amazing people. Um, the, they're things that your audience knows, they're things they've heard before. They're also easy to talk about and not do. Oh, yeah. Easy yeah. to talk about. But when we do put them into place, uh, when we create frameworks and structures and systems, When we hire people and tell them part of your role is to create a system that you can hand off to somebody else and then actually do it, that's been the key to growing this. So with like Steve, Steve works for Frontwood Ads. Is he? He's a contractor. So he does, he facilitates these events for other companies. 
And, and I would say, especially where we are, like at the level that Front Row Dads, where we, we may do a million dollars in revenue this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's our target. That's our goal. You know, last year we did uh, half a million dollars in revenue and we're trending to that right now. But we're only doing that with one full-time employee uh, and a couple of contractors who all step in in their area of specialties. Wow. That's amazing, man. I, 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 I'm so pumped to hear that it's growing like that. And so are you guys... Um, so for you, when you start thinking about this business, and obviously the idea is it's you're creating a community that served, to your point, was the community you wanted to be a part of, but you're doing it in a way where it doesn't become a job, where it's, it's something that serves you from an entrepreneurial perspective, becomes something that financially serves your family... But at the same time, you still own your time. So when you start thinking about like big picture, long term, are you? What are your thoughts for you know this group and how? Where do you want to take it? Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now, and let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. It stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear, uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I see, uh, I see, I see us at 10,000 members by 2032. I see somebody else being in charge of scaling it to that level. I think that within the next two years, we'll hire a CEO or a COO or some combination of leadership that would 
be able to scale this to that level. And I don't think it's going to be me. Um, I don't think that's my area of expertise. I don't, I don't even really want to do that personally. I'd love to see the company do that. I don't want to be the one to drive it there. I would like to be in the seat of podcast host, uh, relationship builder. I would like to be out there experimenting, testing all these models, talking with all these people that we bring into the community. And I would like to be one of the members growing and learning with all the guys. My boys are 12 and 7. I've got, I've got years in front of me and I want to be a great dad. So I, I want to be a great dad and then I want to run a great business. And, and the, the, the truth is, if the business never grew beyond this point, that would make me sad because I think healthy things grow, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. but I don't need it to because all of my needs are being met right now financially and emotionally. And I'm, I'm like the wealthiest from a time perspective that I've ever been in my life. Beautiful uh, point this morning. I got a phone call from Tatiana. She literally had an allergic reaction on the way to school. She had to pull over from driving the kids. And she's like, can you come get me? And I was like, yes. And then I went and I picked her up and then I sat with her for a while. And then I took her out for breakfast to make sure she was okay. And we called a couple of our doctor friends. And I, I spent two hours with her this morning, Darius, because I could, because I've created a life where my calendar is not packed. And I felt it this morning. I'm like, thank God. Like, I, Now, did I want to do that this morning? I had other shit that I wanted to do. You know, like it was it an inconvenience. Yeah. But my girl needed me and I was able to go and support her. That to me is like the best thing. Um, I've, I attend all my kids stuff. Like when it's in the middle of the day, I go, there's a play at two o'clock at their school. I'm in, you know, it's just beautiful to have this, this room to play with my family now. And oh, that man. to me is the biggest victory of all. Yeah, that's 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 incredible. And so when when you start to think about, you know, and and you know, you and I both grew up, uh, we're about the same age, with you know, in eighties, and 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 our, you know, our dads came from a generation where like, <laughs> like, I mean, very few. I don't. I can't think of a dad that that had these types of schedules, right? Like, I think oh, yeah. dads that coach sports, right? Sure. Like that was kind of like the way I remember interacting with the people's dads. My dad was like, like dude worked six days a week and was pretty MIA from like a dad perspective and there financially, but not, he was not like a, like, I don't remember having like the moments I'm having with my kids, like the, my dad of me. And it was, you know, generationally he was different and culturally he's from a different country. So he was just doing what he knew. And, but even when I think of my friend's, who culturally their parents were, were American. My dad was Persian, so it's a different culture, but generationally, maybe they're a little younger than my dad. Even then it was pretty like the only person I could think of. I have one friend who I thought of whose dad and him had kind of like the thing that, that you're describing. His dad was a teacher. He was, uh, he was our wrestling coach. So he was there coaching us and he was a teacher and he had his summers off and they'd go ride motorcycles and go to the river. And like, he was dude, he was always around. And I, and I remember like, I'm like, man, I wish teachers made more money than I'd go be. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you know, but like right. I couldn't think of anybody else. Right. Everyone else was, their parents were like gone. We were the lat, you know, we're gen X latchkey kids, both parents working. What do you, what do you think? Like, I don't know. How do you think about that? When you start thinking about the men in your community and, and how, how are they changing the way they're behaving to, to have those moments of front row moments with their kids? Yeah. So first want to honor the fact that um, there's a lot of men out there facing a lot of different uh, situations in their life. You, you might have a, a job that you need to do right now that doesn't give you the flexibility. I honor you for that. You might have a, a medical condition yourself or your spouse does or your kids do that. You're spending a lot of time with doctors and in hospitals and you just like... there's a lot of people out there who have circumstances and who have lives that do not sound like where I'm presenting that my life currently is. And I know that at any moment, my situation could be taken away from me. I'm only in control of so much of what I currently have. And I realize that part of it is by design and hard work and part of it is pure luck. So let me just say that I recognize all those factors. I think that what we attract Darius to our group are people who are like, oh man, like not a lot of guys are like this. So I got to join Front Row Dads because these dudes are my people. Like I I want that freedom and that flexibility, like things that John's talking about and who they are, 
that's that group doesn't exist out there. Uh, there's a lot of different dad groups out there too, but they all tend to have an angle. Like one is for a church group and it's highly, has a highly religious element to it. Another one is these guys are a little bit more, um, you know, uh, you can start labeling and I don't necessarily want to do that, but it's this type of guy, right? In this group, this type of guy in this group, people join our group, they go, oh, family men with businesses, not businessmen with families, man. The minute I heard that, I was like, that's my crew right there. And I just knew that was my crew. I think that what happens is like they do in business, and, and they know this because a lot of people study this. They've read tons of business books, not a lot of parenting books, but tons of business books. They understand vision. They understand making a strategic plan. You and I did for Front Row Dads SWOT analysis. You led us through strategic planning, uh, which I'm so grateful for. And I want everybody to know that uh, Rachel actually said to me yesterday, Darius, the true story. She goes, God, I really miss that time with Darius where we're visioning big stuff and figuring out what levers to pull and where's our opportunities, et cetera. But we don't do that for our families, really. Most people don't. Mm -hmm. A lot of people might get core values done for their business, but they don't get them done for their family. A lot of people plan their their year for their business, but they don't plan well for their family. And all we want to do is create space and uh, an opportunity for men to do that for their family but by, by other men being examples. Great, ex great statement made by a guy yesterday who joined Front Road Ads. He said, John, what I hear that your group provides, tell me if I get this right, John, is influence and ideas. I go, that's it, man. It's you become like the people you surround yourself with. That's the influence part. And when you're around them, you're seeing these ideas. You're like, oh, that guy did it like this. That guy did it like that. Oh, here's how he pulled it together. Uh, and you're just seeing these ideas, both of how they failed and recovered, right? How they, how they repaired a broken marriage or a broken relationship with their kid and how they move forward. And that to me is what the whole thing is about. It's models and examples because there's a thousand ways to succeed in business. There's a thousand ways to succeed at home. But if we can get some models and some examples and we can ask ourselves, what, what feels right to me? What can I try out this week, this month, this year? To me, that's victory. And that's what a lot of guys are doing. They're, 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 they're just trying on different models. Um, and then they're being held to this. <laughs> Here's another last, last thing I'll say. They're being held to this standard, but we don't have a lot of guys around us, a litmus test of like, what does success look like? And at our last retreat, one of our guys said, front row dads is the litmus test for fatherhood. <laughs> I was like, well said, you know, that's, that's exactly right. Hey gang, Darius Mashaza here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. So listen, I know we have a lot of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners out there that listen to the show. And right now, if you're one of those folks and you're doing, let's call it a bare minimum of seven figures and above in your business, then what I'd like to do is give you an off right now. How would you like to get your hands on the frameworks that I actually used to scale my last company, which started off as a small little seven figure company? to over $100 million in annual revenue. And I did it in less than two years and I did it without costly growing pains, without the headaches that, that you usually experience when you are scaling your business. So if you're one of those folks and you're trying to grow your company, but you're, you're finding yourself stuck in that day to day, if you're one of the listeners and you're getting grinded, this is your respite from getting grinded on your business, you're listening to our show and you're dealing with the breakdowns, you're dealing with inefficiencies and you know, you've got that firefighter suit on and all the problems lining on your desk and you're, you're not doing the work you're supposed to be doing, which is working on the business instead of in it, then what I'm about to talk to you about for the next call 60 seconds, this is precisely for you. Real quickly, though, if you don't already know this about me, prior to starting The Greatness Machine, I spent 20 years of my life as a founder and CEO of real-world companies. And during that time, I actually grew my companies to over $1.2 billion with a B in bootstrap revenue. In fact, uh, we scaled out my last company from 30 to 1,000 employees, and we did it in just 36 months. And we did it all by using a three-step framework that I call my scale map method. So that, of course, brings us to the purpose of this here mid-roll ad. Yes, this is what the podcast producers call these things. Recently, I created a 30-minute training. And what it does is it walks you step-by-step through all of my scale map method frameworks. And you can watch it right now for free when you go to DariusScale.com. That's my first name, Darius. Scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And what these frameworks do is they fix 
They simplify and they streamline every single aspect of your business. And they do it without the need for complicated scaling systems that are typically way too difficult and way too time consuming for a busy CEO like you and from my, like myself was to implement. So if you want a simple and you want a proven path to remove yourself from the day-to-day operations, just like I did, so that you can do what you're supposed to be doing, which is leading your company to record growth without the headaches and without the growing pains, go to DariusScale.com. That's www.DariusScale.com. Watch the short video and I'll see you guys on the inside. Now, back to the show. Yeah, well, I mean... And to your point, there's not a lot of, you know, especially if your niche is business people, right? There's plenty of groups out there where it's all about the grind and the hustle and the sacrifice and, and, you know, and then those environments and social media and culture, you know, like not all, but like in large rewards, financial success rewards, becoming a captain of industry. We don't hear about Elon Musk being a world-class dad. Probably because he fucking sucks as a dad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can only assume that he, the guys, if all I hear is him sleeping on the, the Tesla Giga factory, that means he didn't wake up and have breakfast with his kids or put him to bed. I, I doubt if he left to go do that. I mean, I, look, I'm just guessing at this point, but you, I have not heard one story about him being a great dad. I've heard a, tons of great stories about him being an amazing visionary and, you know, world class, like, you know, uh, next level inventor. Right. So like, who's the world's best dad? Like there's no, have you seen that in the media? I haven't. Well, yeah. A couple things I want to say about this. First, if you go search the word dad on Google, it's depressing what you see populate after that word, right? It's, it's dad bod, it's dad jokes. It's, it's, it's everything about the dad part that our society kind of jokes about where it, it, everything's uncool if you make it associated with being a dad. And, and I, I, I want to rebel against that so much. I want to, I want to fight against that so much because I would love for when people type in Google for the search to be around dad wisdom, dad strategies, right? Dad rock stars, whatever, whatever we can then reframe our thinking to be about what an ideal father does look like, because you nailed it, dude. Here's another one. I'm listening to a podcast the other day, and it's somebody that worked with Steve Jobs very closely. And in the interview, they were asking about Hey, what had happened when Steve did go on vacation? What was that like for the team? Did he totally bow out? And they'd say, yeah, he was bowed out for about 24 hours. And then he's on the phone constantly with us from his vacation with his family, driving the train, ideas, strategies. These are the things you hear. And I, I'm not there. I don't know how great of a dad he was. And being a great dad is subjective. We might agree on some things, you know, but um, it's not my definition of what a great dad sounds like. I sure as hell hope people I look at me and say, John was an amazing father and he built a great business. I think that's how bios should be written. Um, and it's why you, sometimes in our marketing material, you'll see family man, etc. Because we we want that to be the definition. It was actually something we got from uh, David Packard, Hewlett Packard, and in his um, at his funeral they put rancher, etc. And his bio is super impressive, right? All of what he built, all of what he did, but it just said rancher, etc. It was him on a on a tractor, right? In a oh, picture. Awesome. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if at my funeral it just said family man, etc. And that was it. And who cares that I ran an ultra marathon or that I wrote a book over here about the charity or that, right. I, I just want it to say family man, et cetera. That's what I want at my funeral, Darius. Like that's, that's what I hope happens. And I'm a work in progress for that. I love that, man. I read this um, article or quoted, but it was a quote. I think it said that people at your funeral who don't know you will talk about your achievements and people at your funeral who love, who, who do know you will talk about how much they love you. Mm. Right. And, and so like, it was, I I just butchered that quote a little bit, but, but it was something to that extent, which is like, like, what do you want people talking about your funeral? If they don't know you, they'll talk about your achievements. Oh, he wrote this book and ran this fucking marathon and this, that, and the other. And, but the people that care about you are going to talk about how funny you were and and how much love you showed them and how you like cared about how you made them feel, how you made them feel. Right. And so like, and, and, uh, what was it? Uh, 
not Charlie Munger, but Warren Buffett says, you know, it, it's a tragedy for people to have a lot of money and have no relationships, yeah. right? And 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 that he, but he sees it all too often that people will die with all this money, but like no one gives a shit about them. And he's like, that's a life that wasn't worth living, you know. Um, and it's interesting to hear the world, one of the richest people on earth, say that, right? And they're like, yeah, like what do you, you know, are you follow Naval Ravikant at all? Yeah, yeah, great guy. So I. I just became like a super fan of his. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I read um, the almanac of, of Naval Ravikant. Yeah. And he has this quote, which has been like my, it's probably, I should just make it into a t-shirt and wear it. Cause I say it all the time, which is, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Right. Right. And so you start thinking about this, which is what prize are you trying to win? Are you trying to be the person at the Met Gala that your kids barely know? Or are you trying to be, you know, the the person who's your kid runs and jumps in your arms and makes up a word for hugging. You know, my son calls huggle hugs huggles and he runs and does <laughs> it's adorable, and man. He does super huggles. <laughs> and he started doing this when he was like three. Uh, and I still, dude, he's almost nine. And I and 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 he's a big kid. He's over a hundred pounds. And I'm like, dude, I'm wait I I pumped for it. Yeah. Like, and I know one day he's not gonna want to do it, but it, I'm soaking it up, man. <laughs> Oh man, it's so cool. You know that I'm just about to teach my dad how to hug me, Darius. Really? Dude, it's so funny. I like having a conversation last night and we were talking about my dad was visiting. And um, by the way, even if he's listening to this, this is a this is a great setup. I'm about to teach you how to how to hug me, Dad. Here's here's the deal. He's he uh he's in town, he's visiting, and I notice uh well, first of all, he says to me, Is there anything that we need to say to each other? Because we never know when this is gonna be our last time. That's one thing he says. And I'm like, I think we're pretty good, but I think he planted a seed. And the more I started thinking about it, I was like, oh, when he hugs me, he keeps his elbow in a little bit. So like our chests don't touch, Oh, right? It's like this, you know, this, this elbow that just protects his body from my body. And I'm, I'm going to, next time I see him, I'm going to be like, dad, I want to teach you how to hug me. I want you to take your arms, put them around. I want our chests to touch. I want you to squeeze me like you mean it. For at least three seconds, you know? Yeah. And that's it. And I, I realize how, even as I say that out loud, I go, ah, oh, there's some guy out there going, you know, cracking up, giggling, like John's going to teach his dad how to hug him, you know, how weak. And then I just think, you know, who the fuck cares what anybody thinks? Because that's really what I want. And I want to be brave enough and courageous enough to tell my dad directly, this is what I want. Whether or not he accommodates will be his decision. Right. Of course, I think he will. You know, I think he's like, yeah, I'm game. I think it'll be difficult for him because there's something in his body that he is trying to protect himself from getting too close. That's likely a wound. That's likely trauma. That's likely something in his childhood or in his life. But um, I, I realize I'm doing a disservice to our relationship by not just saying that out loud. And yeah, it's not man. that big of a deal. But I want to get that out because I don't want that to be unsaid. Yeah, you know, uh, I love that man. You know, I, I what I started doing uh, a couple of years ago, I was having like really bad anxiety. So one of the the huggle thing that came from my son was so this is three years ago. Yeah, it was almost three years ago to the to to like to the month. So my son was five then, and I realized the one thing that like calmed me down was him hugging me. Like it brought my anxiety down, right? That, that exchange of oxytocin. And so this goes out to uh, John Roman's dad. Um, so I started saying heart to heart, huggle, give me a heart to heart. And so I started, this is the thing I do with my kids. Like, I tell heart to heart. And, and, and that was a really interesting way to teach them how to hug where I said, it's heart to heart, man. We, we, we mash hearts against each other. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the, the, that's every night before it goes to bed. I'm like heart to heart, man. And I get my heart to heart. And, it's um yeah I'm, I'm like getting like a little emotional right now even thinking about it but it's it's this thing where you know to your point i think as dads um i was i forget what it was i was watching something but they were saying you know we're, we're there there's pride in growing your children up and i also think um men gr growing dads growing their sons up it's toughening them up turn them into a man you know these these things that when you start to look at what is the process for that, 
it is around being tough on them. It is around not showing them vulnerability. It is around, you know, at least that if I was to just like characterize it, right? It's around making them work hard. And some of these things are super valuable, man. Like, if, like I think it's good to teach your kids to overcome adversity. I think it's good to teach your children to work hard. I think it's good to teach them that life's not fair. And the only way you can do that is by letting them experience it, right? But the inverse of that is what I'm talking about right now, which is, hey, show vulnerability and show love and connection. And hey, it's okay to like be to to ha- express yourself when you're frustrated in an, in a way that might be perceived as weak, right? right? And and so, like, how old's your dad? Seventy seven. Yeah. So my my father would be like eighty two. If he was still alive, uh, he passed away when I was uh, 22 years old. Half my life ago, my dad passed away. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, these are men that were not th- 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 these were men that were brought up who, with their fathers were like in World War Two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or even prior to that. Right. Mm. So this is just a different generation. I feel like right now, to your point, when you said the thing about Googling the word dad, I fucking hate dad jokes. Yeah, like these dads are. So you're not allowed to be vulnerable. You're not allowed to 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 be a human. Oh, and by the way, you're a fucking doofus who's not cool. You know, like I'm like to your point. I'm like I think of all my buddies, and and I think this is a mindset. Some of them do fall into that camp. They've allowed themselves to like be caricatured, and 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 I'm like not that close with those people. I'm like, yeah, you go do that, dude. Like I don't agree with that. And but most of the men I know that are like going down the path you're talking about, which is how do I put my family first? How do I be a better husband, better father? How do I actually like show up in a way where I'm teaching my kids how to be better human beings? Yeah, dude, these are cool motherfuckers. Like I make a lot of jokes that are not dad jokes. Like, <laughs> and they're, and so do they. And I'm like, no, these are not safe for work jokes. You know, like, like, like no one is ever going to fucking accuse me of of making a dad joke. Okay. And I'm a dad. (laughs) That's great. That's funny, man. But yeah. So, so like when you start thinking about when you start to see people evolve in this way and what you're building at Front Row Dads, what is like the biggest, like, what's that first moment where you're like seeing, I mean, obviously they're showing up because they're a type of person, but what's that first moment where you're seeing that this work and this the things we're talking about right now and the, the community you're building is actually like creating this exponential effect. What's that moment when you see it with those members when they first show up? Wow. You know, that's, um, if, so I, I could take this a lot of different directions and I'm going to just share some ideas. I'm going to just share a couple of things that come to mind. One of the things that I see happen when men join our group is just simply more time with their family. Something we recently came up with, in fact, um, we, you and I were talking about this. We created this dad quiz. And one of the ideas around the dad quiz was to identify blind spots. And actually where that came from was an early conversation with my buddy, Tim Nikolaev, where I asked him, what makes a great friend? And he said, a friend, a great friend is somebody who can help you identify your blind spots, knows you so well, sees you, and then can help point out these blind spots. Uh, to know what you don't even know, you don't know. And we went for lunch and we're like, what blind spot do I have? And what do I see in you? And we had this deep conversation. And I think that was the seed that ultimately was five years ago that led to what we just put out recently, this dad quiz, which is what's your number one dad blind spot? Now there are five things that we identified when we looked at all these hundreds of members that we've served. And we said, what, where, where do they go? Oh my God. That was the thing. And then they they actually figure out how to use their superpowers, their zone of genius, their unique abilities that they've been putting to work at the office, but they now learn how to use them at home and they make the biggest shift. They make the biggest leap, the, the transformation. And here's, here's what the five of them are, the five areas that are the blind spots. So one is around time. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a blind spot where uh, you might be aware that you're not home with your kids, right? That you're at the office a lot. You might be unaware of just how negatively that's impacting. And you might be unaware of your own reasoning in your mind of how you just keep selling yourself on the fact that you've got one more busy season to get through and all the excuses that you've learned to master why you keep having the same problem. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Because if you keep having the same problem, a system has been built, a process in your life has been built that you keep executing and mostly unconsciously. So the second one would be focus. You're at home, but you're on your phone. You're at home, but your mind is somewhere else. You're solving a problem at work. I'm, I'm constantly distracted with my kids. It's a real challenge for me. The next one is EQ. And are you, uh, you know, are you um, an unpredictable personality with your kids? Do your kids find themselves saying things like, I never know what version of dad I'm going to get. Like if I say the wrong thing, man, dad could go, you know, is dad in a good mood or a bad mood? How do I play my cards today? Mm. The next one would be attitude, right? And, and, and ultimately this one is, um, if you've got three kids under five years of age and you've got stresses at work and your wife is maybe, you know, has some postpartum depression and you're just getting your ass kicked every day, your head is spinning. You are new to this, you know, just, and you're young and you're, I mean, you just got right. And you're not having any sex because you've got three kids under five and there's all these chain and you can't do the things you used to do to take care of yourself. Um, Dude, you might have, you might be defeated. You might have, you went from like this optimistic, when I'm a dad, I'm gonna do everything. And then all of a sudden you're just like getting kicked in the nuts every day. So that's a challenge, you know? And then there's connection, which is you might be home and your phone might be turned off, but you're just not connecting with your kids. You, you, they love army men and you wanna watch, you go throw the ball outside and you're just not lining up. These are the areas where I find that most men come in they identify something. And look, all, we, we could almost all of us say that we could work in every one of those areas. They probably affect us all. Sure. But there is a lead domino there. There is one that if you were to work on would be the lead domino for potentially making the biggest impact in your life. What yeah. we want to do is help guys figure out what that is and then give them the strategies so that they can go do it. And one of the strategies that I would say comes up first is, can you be present with your family? That covers really the time and focus categories, which are, I think, two of the most popular. And that's where they make transformational leaps forward. Yeah, I love that. So that's a, uh, if, if someone wanted to go take that quiz to see like where their blind spots are, how, how would they do that? TheDadQuiz.com. TheDadQuiz.com. Okay, cool. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes so listeners go check that out. TheDadQuiz.com. I actually took it. So um, um, and it's pretty cool. And, and I, so I highly recommend, um, I was the uh, absentee dad, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and you're talking right now. I'm like, God damn it. I'm, I'm so good at filling out my time. But, Absolutely. You know, yeah, 100%. the other stuff I feel like I'm pretty good on, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a, uh, a good friend of mine. He's a CEO and he's a client of mine actually too, down in, um, Atlanta, it runs a really successful company and his dad works six days a week. That was an immigrant. He came on a rowboat from Cuba. He was actually a past guest on the show, Eddie Prez. His dad rowboated in from Cuba. Jeez. You want to talk about fucking hardship? <laughs> fucking rowboated in on a fucking rowboat from Cuba oh to, to the United States. I mean, that is gnarly. So he's he's like one of the most humble people I know, and he's a badass. And Eddie's like, look, <laughs> you know, he's always like, whenever I feel like things are going tough, I'm like, I, I could be on a rowboat. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he, he said, you know, my dad worked all the time, you know, but when, but my had, I had these moments with my dad and, and 
it was sometimes it was me sweeping the floor of a construction site because my his dad was like a, a general contractor. He's like sometimes it was me in the truck on a Saturday with him. He's like, you know, my dad worked hard for our family, and but he but we had these minutes together where we yeah. were, and, and his dad's dude. His father passed away unfortunately a while ago, and he's got a tattoo of his dad on his arm, and his dad's his hero. So this so to your point earlier, it's not everyone has the the they're not everyone's time wealthy, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, like, like that's actually like the biggest privilege to have that. It, right? it is absolutely the biggest privilege. Yeah. But, we, when you are trying to put food on the table and a roof over your head, we're having a very different conversation than the conversation we're having where, you know, our average member is probably six figure earner, right? Has, has created some wealth in his life, might be in an area where he is. His number one challenge is not, can I keep my family safe today? You know, they're not in a war-torn country. Those are situations that are tough and tragic. And yeah, well, you have to do what you have to do to take care of your family. If your job is to hunt because everybody's starving, then you hunt as long as you need to to get food. Yeah. And, and but I I I don't want to I don't want to discount that even though those are maybe the circumstances for most people, or you're a person like me that like has the hungry ghost that needs to be fed. That I'm fight, I'm, and that's shit I'm fighting through, and I'm working through right now. But I find myself on that track of finding ways to fill up my cup of being busy. So that's why when I take the dad quiz, I get the absentee dad. But when I'm with my kids, I'm I'm a moment maker, right? And, and I'm in it, and I'm and and I'm phones phones put away, and I'm like asking them questions and teaching them, and like I'm in the car, I'm not sitting there like on the phone. I don't get on the phone when I'm in the car with the kids. Yeah. You know, or my son's on the phone at breakfast and I'm like, hey, bud, we don't have phones at breakfast. Why don't we have a conversation? So, yeah. And, and you know, probably I'm hard on myself. Maybe I'm not an absentee dad, but, you know, like I would want to have more of the John Roman schedule if I, if I could make it. Well, you're yeah, totally absent. We know that, right? It's like, <laughs> it's, we know that. I've seen you. I've been at your house with your kids, right? You're, you're a great dad. Um, but it's just a tendency, right? A leaning. We might tend to be more active in work. And, and if we're going to slip somewhere, it's probably like overbooking our schedule. Right. That's really what it's about. Um, dude, I got to say something real fast that I think you'll appreciate. Um, you know, I was um, doing a webinar with Hal on June 15th for his Miracle Morning audience. And we were recording a podcast yesterday. And, and we talked about something that was so important, which is he and I are constantly optimizing. Oh, we should take our kids to a third world country to make sure they're not entitled. And let's do this activity with our kids. And you know, I'm reading this book and then I'm writing notes on the back of pictures. And we're constantly doing that shit. But he goes, John, you know, the thing that's crazy is, he goes, this is how speaking. He goes, I love my dad. Love my dad. We have this amazing relationship because my dad didn't read a single book on parenting. He didn't do a single one of the strategies that we're even talking about. But the thing is, he loved me so much. And he was my biggest fan. He's like, I'm in your corner. I'm just like rooting you on to become the best version of yourself. And he said, I just want to remind everybody that Regardless of how much you're working or whether or not you slip and you're on your phone, have some grace for yourself and to ease up on yourself a little bit. Like, look, yes, be a great dad. Hold yourself to a high standard. Sometimes friends need to call you out. You're selling yourself short. All that's true too. And also some of you might be beating yourselves up relentlessly where that's not healthy either. That's not a good example. Because if what your kids are going to do is model what you're doing, yeah. beating, you, beating yourself senseless is not the thing you want your kids to do to themselves in your life. So don't do it to yourself. Easier said than done. I do it to myself. But I just wanted to mention that because I think it's important. Yeah, no, that's a huge, huge comment. And, and you know, one of my awakenings to that point is, is that 99% of the parenting isn't the, isn't the intentional things you do. It's you, the kids watching you behave. That's it. 100%. That's it. So how am I behaving? Yes, part of that is my presence with them and giving them focused attention and trying to schedule one-on-one trips and taking them fishing and shit like that. Like, and by the way, the last two things I said, I'm bad at, right? But but I my realization was they're watching me. They're watching how do I treat people, they're watching how do I treat their mom, they're watching do I give their mom hugs and kisses? Do they they watch how I show care when I make them a pizza or make them breakfast? They watch how I talk to humans around me. They watch every little thing you do and they're, they're going to model you and they're, and that's how they're learning. It's not that it, what is it? 95% of all communications, nonverbal. 
It's not that that pep talk I gave them on on a bridge where we were fishing on the dock that one trip and we do that all the time. Yeah, that's part of that modeling too. And if you could do more of that, great. But it's all the in-between stuff. It's my kids saying like, dad, we're going to have to put get two more cuss, cussing jars because you say the F word all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, they laugh. They know that, I know, they know that I'm not going to change. Yeah, yeah. But they also know that I know it's not that's appropriate funny. for them to say it too. That's funny. You know, total double standard. I tell them it's a double standard. When you're 18, you can say, hey, fuck, fuck all you want. It's so funny. <laughs> Dude, did I ever tell you the story about Tiger and I camping when he was like at a porta potty in the middle of the night? Did I ever no. tell you this one? This no. is hysterical. So he's probably 10 and we're camping and uh, we go up to this. So we go to this field, kind of elevated field away from our campsite and we take a bucket and a seat and we're taking a shit outside of the where the porta potty is because the porta potty is just terrible. And, um, and, and he's like, do I just do it right here? I go, there's nobody around. Like, look, there's nobody. And right as he sits down and he starts going to the bathroom, this car starts driving down the road and he's like, oh my God. And I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. You're in the middle of a gig- like this car is not going to see you can't car can't see anything. That car turns in, shines its lights directly at Tiger. And he's sitting down on this toilet and he just looks around and he goes, Oh fuck! <laughs> and he's ten, and uh, he looks back at me with these wide eyes, like I can't believe I just like I can't believe that car is there, and I can't believe I just said this in front of my dad. And I looked at him and I go, "It's all right, buddy. That was appropriate." Yeah, <laughs> you, you literally just used it textbook, right? <laughs> you it was perfect. Um, we still laugh about that to this day. But, oh, dude, yeah. that's amazing. Um, man, God, I, it's funny. Like, I'm like, uh, I could do five hours of a show with you, but yeah, I know yeah. we're coming to the end here. So, Hey, look, man, like you, you're building such an amazing thing with front row dads and yeah. I'm so pumped to get to, you know, be a part of it. The little I am, I'm actually thinking the whole time. I'm like, which group am I going to quit join front row dads? Like, let's it, it, like, it's, it's, uh, and that sucks. Cause I have great groups, but I'm like, I'm fucking going to quit one of them. Um, so I'm going to be joining that's that's my commitment to myself. What um where do people if people want to learn more or I know you have a big sure. conference coming up like what why don't we give the the uh, our listeners yep. uh, some ways to connect with you and to learn more. Yeah. Well, if they're listening to this and you like to listen to stuff, then the podcast has some amazing conversations with you know we just interviewed a guy Rich Christensen and yeah, I, he I, talked about, you know, writes a passage and how he raised five boys who all built million dollar businesses before they were 18. It's an incredible story, right? Did you have him on your show? No, no, no. He spoke at my, my conference at MIT okay. and, and, and with uh, Garrett Gunderson. Yeah. So they, oh, it's funny. I just saw Garrett do comedy here. He was in Austin and he did a comedy show. It was great. Um, I, I, I've, and, seen, I've seen a little bit of his comedy. Um, yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, so yeah. Rich, Rich is a great conversation. You know, when we're talking health, we had Zach Bush on. When we're talking about, uh, we also had Ben Greenfield on talking about health. We got all these interesting people who we chat with, right? Um, Hal and I have talked about morning routines with kids and Mike McCarthy, who wrote The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families. That's a great place to go. I would also, and, and everything is hosted at frontrowdads.com. The podcast is called Front Row Dads. Uh, from, from a live event perspective, I mean, I think there's no better way to change than a deep immersion experience. So we've got a three day event here in Austin, December 2nd through the 4th. And we'll have all that information at frontrowdads.com as well. Um, and if somebody, you know, wants to reach out, they should just, you know, we make it easy to be found. So if there are any social channels or, you know, through the website, you can just reach out. Um, you can join the membership through the website. Uh, all of it's really through frontroadads.com. But, you know, ping me, ping my team. Like, we're, we want to help. That's why we're here. Yeah. Well, you guys, you, you, there's so many different ways to connect. And also the dad quiz. Check that out. It's a cool way to get some resources from you guys. And um, yeah, all the above. And if you want to hear some a really funny episode of Front Row Dad podcast, you should listen to my episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funny Dude, show. You, which I still quote you on to this day. So I won't tell people what I quote you on, no. but uh, I will say go listen to the show and you'll learn. It's it's it it it. I was standout thinking, moment. So I was thinking this morning. <laughs> I was like, you know, I really need to do like a, a hook in the beginning of all my podcasts for the, and I, I realized I don't do that. And I was like, I really have to do like a synopsis of the show with like a hook to get him to listen to the show. And I was like, that has a hook right, right out of the bat. Oh, it definitely <laughs> has a hook. 
<laughs> Definitely has a hook. You will be drawn into that show with might be a left hook, but it's a hook. <laughs> it's a hook. <laughs> it's a little Mike Tyson. Oh man, John, Mr. Roman, John Roman, appreciate you, brother. Love you. So excited to have you in my life, and um, thank you for doing the show today. Thanks, man. Oh, every conversation we've had is uh, it, they're great reminders of truth in our lives, and there's also great exploration of possibility. It's it's a great combo. So thanks, man. Thank you so much. You guys, listeners, uh, see you guys until next time. Peace out. We love you. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We'd love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen and share it with them. Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.